Today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, I've got good news and bad news for you about Saturday's game. I've got an incredibly important update about Derek Forbert, and I'll take a look at some other teams that also decided to allow, like, all the goals over the weekend. All this and more on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So today is Monday, October 7th, and the Kings scored five whole goals in their season opener. Five. Like, that feels like a number that is not permitted, but they did it. We'll deal with some other uh, small details about that stat a little later on, but right now, you are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Sarah Affampato. I am managing editor of Jewels from the Crown. I am a podcast guest over there. I write some other places. I take pictures for some other places, but right now, I am here with you on this very podcast, bringing you some short-form Kings takes five days a week, all season long. So if you aren't familiar with the Locked On Podcast Network, if you happen to just sort of stumble upon this while you were scrolling through Spotify or something. Uh, So what we do is this. So other than the Kings, what's your favorite sports team? Maybe you're a baseball fan and you are a Dodgers fan. Well, guess what? There is a Locked On Dodgers show for you. Are you a basketball person? Do you have like a Clippers, Lakers, whatever feelings. Well, there is Locked on Lakers. Pretty much any sports team that you can imagine, pick a market, pick a sports team, and there is a daily show for you, just like this one. Uh, And of course, this includes the just-launched NHL Network, which is what we are a part of. You can keep up with the Kings opponents, or maybe you're just one of those people who has a team in every division, not naming names, me. Uh, Then you can follow like four other different podcasts to know what all of your teams are doing at any given moment. So before you go all crazy, though, and start listening to six different podcasts, about every sport imaginable. Make sure you are subscribed to this one on Spotify or Apple or Google or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Go and click that subscribe button. Make sure you tell all your friends about it. I'm sure that you also have friends who are into the Kings and would like to check in every so often on a little podcast like this one. Like, subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends on wherever you find all of your podcasts. So like I said at the top of the show, there's some good news and some bad news about the Kings season opener. Good news, they scored five goals. Do you know how many times they did that last season? Six total. That's it. Five or more goals. They did it six times last season. Two of those were against Vegas, which I guess felt really, really good. Uh, One was against Edmonton uh, and they did it again, five goals on Edmonton. The bad news is, and you probably know this already because it happened on Saturday. The bad news is the Edmonton Oilers scored six goals. So, Oops. Usually, if you score five goals, you win the game, but that was not the case this time. By the way, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, the Oilers have played two games now at the time of recording this. They've scored nine goals total. McDavid and Dreisaitl have points on seven of those nine. That is where all of the offense, unsurprisingly, is being driven from on the Oilers. So the first goal scored by the Kings this season came from Matt Roy. The downside is he scored it on his own net. That's another oops. Not too much Jonathan Quick could do on that one because he was not expecting to have to defend his own defenseman. The actual legitimate goals for the Kings were scored by Dustin Brown, Trevor Lewis, Andre Kopitar, Micah Maddio, and Drew Doughty. Uh, so who stood out in this game on Saturday? The top line, first off, looked pretty good. I think some of that is because that they have been playing together for I think this is three seasons now. So they didn't need to take time to gel or figure out each other's tendencies or get to know each other as players and as people. 
because they've already done that. And that really showed in that they were one of the King's lines that actually displayed chemistry, which you can't say for all of them. Mike Amadio also looked really good. Uh, He had a fantastic preseason, really showed off what he can do when given more opportunity and has kept up on that trend. He's playing with Trevor Lewis and Kyle Clifford, but he played a ton of minutes, uh, more than his line mates, uh, more than some of the other people in the sort of bottom six, definitely showing himself as a player who deserves to be here and probably deserved to be here last season as well, but just didn't happen for whatever reason. So those two things were really, really stood out a lot. What also stood out in the bad way is a lack of chemistry on the middle lines. Uh, So the second line was Adrian Kempe centering for Ilya Kovalchuk and Jeff Carter. And the third line was Blake Lazat centering for Austin Wagner and Tyler Toffoli. So I just recorded a little earlier today an episode of Crown Conversations, which is the Jewels from the Crown podcast. So depending on what order you listen to these in, some of this may be a repeat, but those lines all looked like they had never met each other before and just kind of got put together at the time of the game to play, which we know is not true because they played together in the preseason and displayed some chemistry then, but neither of those lines worked very well. The Kempe Carter Kovalchuk line, while satisfying to say because of its alliteration, just was complete chaos. Jeff Carter, I think, is still adapting to playing on the wing again, maybe is having to break some old tendencies of where he's expected to go because of being a center. Ilya Kovalchuk just is doing whatever the heck he wants sometimes, which has been the frustration with him throughout his career. And it's even more pronounced now that you actually need him to adhere to a system and he isn't. That was not the greatest. Tobias Bjornfoot making his debut on defense struggled playing particularly against Connor McDavid, which I can't use as too much of a knock against him because literally everyone struggles playing against Connor McDavid. So I think it was a little bit of an eye opener for him to really see what he's getting himself into in this league. It'll be interesting to see him in the other games coming up if it's just a McDavid thing or if it's an overall thing where he kind of struggled with keeping up with them, with staying where he was supposed to be. And, you know, so he was was noticeable a few times because you're like, oh, that's Connor McDavid blowing right past him. Another thing that kind of stood out was that there were a ton of defensive mistakes. That's how you end up with six goals against you. But Todd McClellan didn't do what I expected him to do, which is bench the kids. Some of them did get their playing time cut down a little bit more as the game went on. Bjornfoot, for example, started the game playing with Drew Doughty and ended it not playing with Drew Doughty. Uh, He switched him around so that Alec Martinez was up there on the top pairing. But overall, it's not like he made one oops and had to go sit on the bench for the rest of the game. Same with Matt Roy and the own goal and a couple of other mistakes that he made kind of took a penalty against Connor McDavid. He didn't, he just sent him right back out there on the next shift to learn from his mistakes. And I think that a lot of coaches would sort of punitively sit you and make you sit and watch and not play for a while. I think McClellan knows that this is a learning year, a growth year for the whole team and just threw the kids right back out there. I think that that really will go a long way to help them gain confidence as players and to help them have confidence in him as a coach to know that they can take risks and they can take chances. And if they mess up, they're not immediately in the doghouse. So I liked that. As long as they're competitive, as long as the games are fun and not a slog to sit through, if they lose, is it really the end of the world? And I think the answer is no. If At this point, if you're hoping for that high draft pick, another year to help 
speed up the rebuild. You know, you want to see the players be able to develop like that and to be able to know that they will get another chance and that they can go out and try and learn from what they've done wrong. So, you know, it was a frustrating game to watch. I joked on Twitter that like, I don't, I literally don't think that I'm physically healthy enough to watch 82 games of this back and forth bonkers play. Um, (laughs) I definitely was like, why do I feel like I'm having like heart palpitations? Like I am not old enough for that to be a thing. As long as it's fun. Like last year was just so depressing because it's like, well, we scored one goal and you don't win all of them one to nothing. So most of those were losses. I'd much rather have a team that's bad but fun. And maybe that's the track that we're going to be on this year. We'll see. It's one game. So you can't really build much on that yet. At least there are signs of offense on the Kings, even though a few of those goals were gift wrapped by Mike Smith, the Oilers goalie. Uh, The key for the next game, the Kings will be taking on the Calgary Flames. And the key is really to take fewer penalties. Uh, They were lucky that the Oilers didn't really do much with the power plays that they had, but that won't last forever. Um, And many of those penalties were just because of sloppy play. Uh, Some of them were offensive zone penalties. Some of them were a little iffy. You know, if you think that the officials weren't doing a great job, you are not alone. Regardless, you have to be more careful. And eventually a team with a really killer power play is going to make you pay for that. Uh, So Calgary might not have Connor McDavid, but guys like Johnny Gaudreau, um, whatever Kachuk brother plays there. They have a lot of skilled players and Calgary certainly is no team to laugh at anymore, which they were for quite some time. So the, you know, they need to take it seriously. They need to cut down on you know the clutching and the grabbing and you know the accidental penalties that they didn't mean to take, but they did anyway. So before we get into the middle section of our show today, I get to tell you about Roman. And no, I don't mean Roman Yossi, although I could probably do a whole show just talking about him and uh, just his face, I guess, because that's that's me. Um, Roman is not about the player, but it is about a easy way for people who are dealing with the issue of erectile dysfunction to deal with it. So I personally, if you can't guess, can't tell you a single thing about that. But some people make excuses or don't want to talk about it or just kind of are like, oh, you know, just not feeling great today. But Roman makes it easy for people to talk about this very personal issue. It connects you with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication to you and everything is done safely, simply, discreetly. It's all online. So you don't even have to like leave your house. It's all very straightforward. You can go to getroman.com slash locked and complete an online visit to talk with a doctor and figure out the best solution for you. Just go to getroman.com slash Locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping of whatever you end up with. That's GetRoman.com slash Locked for a free visit to get started. Once again, that's GetRoman.com slash Locked. All right, so we've got some other stuff going on in the Kings world. And first off, most importantly, the Ontario Reign have won their first two games of the season, which is already like a million times more impressive than last season when they did not do so well. And then the season before, I feel like they were the last team to win a game. I'm pretty sure that was the season before. It might have been this season, this past season. Two wins in a row is really great for the Ontario Reign. In the first game, it was a 5-0 shutout against the San Jose Barracuda. That is no surprises. The farm 
farm team of the Sharks. Goals came from Mario Kempe, Martin Furk, Rasmus Kupari, Lance Boma, and Jarrett Anderson Dolan. Uh, that's his first professional goal. Cal Peterson had a 41 save shutout. Game two, they played against the Bakersfield Condors, which is the farm team of the Edmonton Oilers. This game was actually played at basically the same time that the Kings were playing the Oilers. The goals in that game came from Martin Furk and Mario Kempe, who scored twice. In that one, the Rain had a two-goal lead, and then they gave it up, and then Mario Kempe won it in overtime. They were massively outshot by Bakersfield in that game by a total of 44 to 25. Bakersfield put up double-digit shots each period, so Cal Peterson also having a completely bonkers performance in that game. Per John Hoven from Mayor's Manor, he had a quote from Ontario Rain head coach Mike Stothers, who was talking about Cal Peterson and said, Cal may have put on the best two-game goal-tending performance I have ever seen. Lest you think that Jonathan Quick is the only goalie who gives you anxiety, Cal Peterson is there to remind you that, oh no, anyone can give you anxiety. Uh, The few clips that I saw from these games, like Peterson's like throwing himself and hurling at pucks and like flipping and flopping places, um, not necessarily his fault or that he was particularly even out of position. It's just that the Ontario Reign, much like the Kings, aren't great at defense yet, especially based on the 85 shots that he faced over two games. Cal Peterson already on track to like maybe face the most shots from anyone, any goalie in the AHL. Technically right now, Mario Kempe is tied for the lead in AHL scoring. He has four points over two games. A bunch of guys putting tons of shots on net. Kempe, Ferk, Anderson Dolan, and Nikolai Prohorkin have six shots each through two games. Uh, the Rain also announced their leadership group for this season. Brett Sutter, of course, is returning as captain. Mario Kempe has earned an A for his sweater this year. And interestingly enough, one of the kind of reasons that they cited for giving him this role, uh, aside from his experience, is literally the quote from Mike Stothers was about how they saw a lot of the Kempe brothers and how Adrian looked up to Mario and how Mario was always a very good mentor for his younger brother and all that stuff. And so literally they used like the brother's relationship as a reason for giving him the A, which just is the greatest thing for me personally, and I love it. Uh, Defenseman Ryan Stanton will be wearing the A at home games, and then forward Lance Boma is wearing the A for away games. You may remember that he is on a PTO right now, um, but they gave him the letter anyway, and Stothers has basically said, like, listen, I don't care how many games you're going to be here for. You might get a contract, you might not. Like, that's way above Stothers's decision-making abilities or permissions, I guess. But, you know, he's like, I want you to be a part of this group. You have a lot of experience. You have a lot to share with the young players. And we're not going to sit around counting how many games you've played on this PTO. We're just going to give you the letter. Does that mean that Boma is going to be sticking around? Maybe, maybe not. But like, it'd be really awful (laughs) if they were like, ah, no, we're not going to sign you to a contract guy we just gave a letter to. And of course, the most important Kings news that has come out recently, Derek Forbert has a new lady in his life. She's nine years old. She's a basset hound and her name is Darla. Uh, So he posted on Instagram a few days ago uh, a picture, a few pictures of him with this floppy little old basset hound. And I feel like this is the most Derek Forbert thing that could ever have happened. He didn't get like a big, you know, pit bull kind of dog. He also didn't end up with like a teacup anything. He just picked this like floppy old dog who just needed a home. And I'm like mad charmed by this. If this is what we get from Derek Forbert when he's not playing, like this is great. And I 
hope that he continues to share his adventures with his new friend Darla and that like his Instagram doesn't get hacked again or anything so that we are deprived of these pictures. So congratulations to Derek Forbert for welcoming a new friend into his home and for adopting a senior dog who needed a little love. I already am planning on voting for her in Bark Madness. We'll just put it that way. Elsewhere in the league, we'll end our time together with some information on what's going on in other places. Andy Andrioff, we talked about him a couple days ago. He's wearing a letter this season. He is playing for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, which is part of the Flyers organization. Incidentally, where uh, Dean Lombardi has been helping out at. So maybe he had a little something to say about them signing Andrioff. But he is wearing an A for the Phantoms this year. He's also been playing like on the top line and doing fairly well. So good job, Andy. In other NHL action, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes sure did do a thing to the Tampa Bay Lightning on Sunday night. They won in overtime, but the game never should have even gotten to overtime because the Hurricanes put 44 shots on net as compared to 13 for the Lightning. The Lightning had no shots whatsoever in the second period. So how that score ended up like that, I don't know. I didn't get to watch the game, but it seems absolutely wild. And I have several questions about the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Hurricanes, meanwhile, have started the season 3-0-0 for the first time in team history. No, I cannot say if that includes the team history when they were the Whalers. Meanwhile, the Sharks are bad. Uh, They have gone... 0-3-0 for the first time since the 90s. Uh, You can't pin it all on our good friend Martin Jones, but you can pin some of it on our good friend Martin Jones. Uh, But probably if you asked our friends over at the Locked on Sharks podcast, if you uh, talked to C and Cal about this, they would probably pin it entirely on Pete DeBoer, which I'm looking forward to when we have to play the Sharks, because hopefully I will be able to have C and or Cal on this show. And maybe by then Pete DeBoer won't have a job anymore. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, the Sharks not looking so great. Meanwhile, the Kings are just like, hey, we're happy to be here, which is kind of all you can say for what is going on with them. Other important dog news unrelated to Derek Forbert. The Washington Capitals have a dog. Found out about this dog, not because I saw that they had posted that they had a dog, but the people behind the Russian Machine Never Breaks site on Twitter basically posted something about like, what's your favorite thing about our, our captain? And some of the responses seemed on brand about Alex Ovechkin, like his fur and his nose. And I was like, well, I guess if you're talking about Alex Ovechkin in a weird way, those things would make sense. But then like it descended into internet dog talk, like I want to boop his snoot and stuff. And I was like, okay, no, we cannot. Well, maybe we were talking still about Alex Ovechkin, but uncertain. Uh, And then I read a little further back and they have a dog and the dog is now the captain of the team, I guess. This really just brings it home again that the Los Angeles Kings do not have a team dog yet. And maybe it's because dogs don't get along with cats and that Bailey doesn't want a dog. I don't know. But I deserve a team dog and I think they should get on that. Uh, So the Kings weren't the only team that allowed about a million goals over the weekend. The Devils gave up seven in their game where they played the Buffalo Sabres. The Canadians and the Maple Leafs went to a shootout in a 6-5 game, which seems like it was just designed to make Toronto crazy. The Canadians ended up winning that one. Uh, Also in other action, the Penguins put up seven goals on the Columbus Blue jackets, which I don't even know who some of these people are. Like Jared McCann had two goals. Like, is he a guy who could usually score two goals? I don't know. 
Uh, the Red Wings put five goals up on the Predators, uh, and uh, goalie Juicy Saros was in net for that one, not Pecorine. So it makes the like 1-0 games, and you know there's, there were a couple like 3-1 games and everything. It makes those look perfectly normal and sane, but I feel like the Kings can feel a little less alone uh, knowing that they weren't the only team <laughs> to give up like literally all the goals. So tonight in NHL action, there's only two games, St. Louis and Toronto and Buffalo and the Blue Jackets. And my notes on those games literally just say, ugh, like I can't even in good conscience recommend either of those games to you. I guess Toronto, because you might get to see our good friend Jake Muzzin. Uh, so tomorrow on Locked on Kings, we will take a look at the upcoming Calgary Kings game, give you a little preview of what to expect for that. And then we'll do a little check in on some of our prospects, see what's happening. The college hockey season is starting to get underway. I think they're doing kind of tune up games. So we'll have all sorts of Alex Turcott updates coming up in the near future. If there's anything you want to talk about on the show, if you have a question you would like answered, I would love to do that for you. Send me an email to LockedOnLAKings at gmail.com. Get your questions featured on an upcoming episode of the show or get your comments featured or whatever. I'd love to start putting together little mailbag episodes. So for that, I need your questions. LockedOnLAKings at gmail.com. You can, of course, follow this podcast on the Twitters at Locked on LA Kings. Make sure you give us a follow so that our episodes are just deposited right there into your Twitter feed and you never even have to go searching for them. Give us a follow, send us a message, say hello. That's what the Twitter is for. Locked on LA Kings on Twitter. You of course can find this show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Make sure you like and subscribe and rate and review and all that great stuff. And most importantly, make sure you tell all of your friends who are Kings fans or maybe not even Kings fans, but would potentially like to listen to someone talking about the Kings and also dogs. So Spotify, all those places, Locked On, Los Angeles Kings. My name is Sarah. That is about it for me today. You can find me on Twitter at right said Sarah. That's W-R-I-T-E said Sarah with an H. I realized that I left off that important information all of last week, but yes, with an H. Give me a follow on Twitter. Say hello. Send me a message. Let's be buddies. Make sure you're following the site on Twitter. Make sure you're doing all that cool stuff. Check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, especially if you are a fan of other teams, both in the NHL and in other sports. Baseball postseason is heating up, so I know that the Locked On Dodgers show will have tons of great content for you all coming up. Thanks a lot. That is it for me today, and I will be back tomorrow with more Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.